instrument? Well, I I can't really remember the first time I picked one. Uh, my dad had guitars around, and at one point there was a beginner guitar kit in the house, and came with DVDs, and it just never really never really stuck. Or you know, you can there wasn't really anyone in front of me that was really actively teaching me stuff, so it never really mm-hmm. stuck. I was. I was definitely into the guitar hero and rock band side of things <laughs> as a nice. kid. And I think I think there's a lot of people my age that grew up with that or school of rock. Mm-hmm. Like that just blew my mind. That didn't make me want to be a musician, but it just the characters and the the fact that kids were going to punk shows was that that always kind of that energy kind of always stuck there too, nice. but I think I think like most kids i was i started doing band in middle school and uh i was in percussion at unity point and from there it kind of just stumbled into you know picking up a guitar at one point and you know trying to learn a song and from there it kind of just do you remember the first song yeah uh <laughs> it was um nick cave oh children I, I think that's what it was. It was uh, it was started with an E minor, and that was only two fingers, so that was easy. Then it went to a C minor, that was three. <laughs> a minor, three again. And I, I think everything in there was like, you know, open open chord kind of thing. So yeah. it was easy to play a super emotional song on an unplugged Stratocaster in the basement. And yeah, that's, uh, from there it's, I know it's just like writing down notes for like every chord to every song, every tuning, every guitar magazine. And up until that point, I wanted to make movies. Uh-huh. Like my almost my entire life, I wanted to do special effects for really? movies. Yeah, like action movies. Like I was making props for, you know, zombie films or uh, Twister. Like I can, <laughs> I cannot go without any interview without saying like how much twister impacted my view of life uh-huh. yeah so twister was a unrealistically or realistically re- both <laughs> absolutely both yeah it's it's surprised like how much that is the the video effects world is like that twister was so cool i wanted to i wanted to make twister i wanted to make anaconda and and watching the horror movies when i was a little too young that you know making making content was you know making a cool thing that i could show other people a production the act of hitting record uh making haunted houses and stuff like that like that was very hands-on until (laughs) until the guitar came and and i was like from there on out eighth grade on i was like this is i've everything i'm everything before this is it's going away kind of you know Still, still hold a camera every once in a while, but uh-huh. like, for the most part, it after guitar came, uh, like pretty early on, I joined a group called Mister Swamp Fox uh-huh. that has you know some Carbondalians and some folks from Heron in it, and yeah, uh, yeah, that's so who all who all was in Swamp Fox? That like, was I, I remember the uh, name of that band Nathan before. and Brandon Gill, uh-huh. and then there was uh, Wade Keel and Tyler Cornelius and. Man, we just hit it off as I think we were like twelve or thirteen or so. Mm-hmm. Like we we all clicked like Jack White, um, 
Black Keys, that that genre of music that was we ate that stuff up and you know, I did a you know, played with them for a year or so and then we all kind of reached high school and split off from there and yeah. So Mr. Mr. Swamp Fox was like the first band. That's <laughs> I found I found the set list for that the other day cuz I I recently found I really don't throw away set lists, uh -huh. but I'm moving, so I kind of have to downsize. But I did find the f a folder. Come on now, it's not that bad. Yeah, I still I still have some of them, but I did find that first set list. And it was my first gig was at like it was at Russell Hill. Nice. So it was like Tom Petty, Jimi Hendrix, you know, rock tunes. It was it was fun. It was cool. I wore a fedora then. <laughs> not doing that um not anymore not hey, anymore man, some people grow out of fedoras and some people don't and that's okay this teach, is that's where you up. cut in right that's that's <laughs> where we start that's where we that, that, that's yeah, where we that's, start that's, the that's transition. where we'll go uh for the intro for episode 77 of the wtf carverdale podcast where it's not twister and it's not anaconda but we are talking to interesting people about their interesting lives and tying it all back to this little place we call home carbondale illinois where dakota holden our guest here will not be calling it home for much longer or i mean it'll always be it'll home, always be yeah, home but you know you know but you're big moves spreading your spreading your wings and flying all the way to a place where people like to take pictures in front of wings and pretend like they're flying. I don't yeah. know, the, the, just the the like the the not the, not done that. <laughs> not, I, it would be kind of fun to do it ironically at this point. There but you go. No, I'm. <laughs> people can have their fun. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not ever gonna Ruin shame. Well, I, you know, I'm, there's a little old man in me. It's like, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> He's just grumpy and shaking his fists at the world. Yeah, I play steel guitar. Of course, I'm alone. grumpy and <laughs> my bones ache from carrying the thing around. <laughs> that thing is the weight of the world, my friend. <laughs> yeah, those things can get real heavy, and there's a lot of toys that go along with it, like the chair, the uh, the the amp. That I'm generally also playing a guitar at the same time. There's just the pedal steel comes with a lot of a lot of things to think about. It's it's funny the the guitar. The guitar world, there's just so many guitar players out in the world, mm -hmm. and not all the voices can be heard, which is, you know, could be viewed as a good thing. And yeah. it's just a lot of opinions about a lot of different things. And then the steel guitar world, it's the same thing, but it's so condensed that you generally, for the most part, you hear everyone's voice. Yeah. And so there's a, the steel, the steel guitar form where you know, a good chunk of them communicate. You can go back to like the nineties and see people feuding about PV amplifiers and like having at it cut throat. Is it the same feuds that are still happening today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that? What is like the, the, the modern world of steel pedal players look like? I mean, what's it look like for folks that are, that are in your generation of players? Right now, I mean, is I'm, there a your generation of players that exists right now? I guess is another question. I I think that I mean it's it's a it's not as I don't I can't say it's a dying art form. There's just not there's less people that do it, mm -hmm. but um, there's plenty of young players that are killing it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think that people are. 
I think more than ever, people are using it for things that aren't country music because mm-hmm. it just has so, so much harmonic richness to it. And mm-hmm. it's, I'm happy that it's being used on pop records and uh, being used in like Wolfpack or, um, or ambient uh, based you know new age music or mm-hmm. you know, it could it can be used in so many different so many different ways i did a even earlier today i did a session for a, a dude in australia that just makes little you know ambient lo-fi kind of uh-huh. droney music and i he just wanted that touch of flavor to it and you know it's cool i that's where uh that's where I do a lot of my playing isn't just in my bedroom because everything's so remote now. I just, yeah, I mean, it's just there, plug in and go. Yeah, that's, it's uh, about half of the work, I would say, maybe maybe a little less than half. Mo- it's not in the U.S. Yeah. Like, there's, I'm tr- working with a dude in India right now and mm-hmm. uh, did a track for someone, in the, a pop track in the Netherlands or... How do you Spain. find or get found by these folks? Like, what's, what's I'm a part of like a some a bunch of different generic musician listing kind of things, uh-huh. but some of it's like social media, like my website and things and emails, you know. Plug it. Plug the website, Dakota. DakotaHolden.com. <laughs> yeah. No funny business. No nonsense. That's right. No knuckleheads. It's just not the real Dakota Holden. No, I haven't. I haven't found anyone to clash the name yet. Right. Yeah. I, it's it's funny. Anytime I do get served like a another Nathan Columbo somewhere, I'm just like, there's there, there's like seven other people in the world with this name. What? I was like, <laughs> nope, that's that's not the real one. <laughs> real one's right there. Yeah, because yeah. he bought the website. He bought the it. website. Yeah. <laughs> and if you spell your name with a U, he bought that one too. So yeah, there's <laughs> there's there's a I, it was kind of funny just uh, the idea of just buying a bunch of super specific dakota holden websites or just any just like weird <laughs> uh who knows just buy as many urls as possible and then right. sell them for mass profit yeah that's, that that's at some point in time you're gonna buy just the right url now i'm gonna start with the alphabet and just go a a a a a a a a a dot com and then a a a a a b dot com and you know just go up the list and buy it sell it for millions but i mean that's that's a real thing that happened right around the time that you were alive and that i was a child like you know that people were just and still to this day make stupid money just by having urls yeah it's it's probably more uh probably more steady than being a musician <laughs> probably make more money doing that what have you have what, what have you done work-wise outside of um you know tech and and being a musician and, and whatnot is there any other like professional line i've you- done a bunch of uh i've done a bunch of odd things in carbondale but most of it i've been lucky to do most of my work in the field yeah um not subway that was uh <laughs> there was a lot of grueling summers working at Subway. But, oh, the, yeah, it's the like, grueling summers over the... Yeah, I, did, I actually did... Well, I can't even say that's unrelated because I did a project for uh, Jenny Pape's 
class and like a radio class of some sort. And I, I did all these short stories of working at Subway, but I edited them in a way where it sounded like war logs. Uh -huh. Like there's still like bombs and like CCR in the background. <laughs> and I just told a bunch of tales of like tuna and like mayonnaise and like burnt subs. Yeah. <laughs> I think I still like we, you know, Jenny and I made a record with a bunch of our friends and I still think that the subway thing is still my biggest piece of art to her. What's your relationship with Jenny been like? Well, uh, I met her my freshman year at SIU. It was uh, so three years ago. Go on. No, I'm just so kidding. So what? I'm four, <laughs> five. <laughs> Listen, man. Yeah. I sometimes I come on my own podcast to feel old. Sometimes I come on my old pot, uh, my own podcast to yeah, feel do, old. Yeah. Do I really need to <laughs> say like no, I <laughs> started, you know, playing drums at, in two thousand and whatever middle school because that because that sometimes weirds people out i um was was doing like the paw print painting whatever on uh sunday and when it was all said and done like i uh, george sheffer asked one of the girls a, a, a question related to like a birthday or 9-11 or one, one of the two and mm -hmm. it, like the the two cross paths and she was like i was born after her 9-11 oh. Like, oh that's where we're at now in terms of the timeline of oh. people who exist in memories that occur it just because we're getting weird with this i saw uh, i saw something that was uh children or uh people are now having babies whose parents have not lived their while Shrek yeah. Oh, right. was yeah, yeah, released. Well, yeah, I saw that meme earlier today as well. Is that what yeah, it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're you're in the you're yeah. in the ballpark. That's that's a, that's a meme so, in circulation recently. Also, that's something says that that says something about you know the our minds because we that content sticks with us because the years stop coming and they, and they don't, don't stop, stop coming. coming. That's that's. I knew there would be some Shrek references when I came here today. I, I, had, I, I wasn't prepared I didn't for know it, but it'd I'm, be, I'm on board yeah. with this is it. Thank you for being, I think, possibly just the first set of Shrek references on the WTF Carbondale podcast to go to. I think that's an important Let's hope I'm the last. milestone that we've hit <laughs> here today. Yeah. Bless you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so what 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 uh, uh besides the shrek stuff what what was i originally in jenny we were talking Gen about you meeting Gen jenny all of a year and a half ago and <laughs> yeah no i met jenny the timeline is just gonna get shorter yeah. until we get up to yeah. oh cool uh, when we met an week. hour ago <laughs> and i'm already leaving <laughs> yeah jenny uh i was doing a um I was so I was my freshman year, so I couldn't do any of the audio classes because there's just a bunch of prerequisites uh -huh. for what you're doing. But I knew Todd, who was teaching there at the time, mm -hmm. uh, Todd Harriman, and um, was super kind and generous with his time because he knew I was eager. So he 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 called me in to help run a a, a faux kind of session thing for a producing class, mm -hmm. and it was um, we were re-recording Hollow Notes. I can't go for that. Okay. And I was playing guitar, but Jenny was singing, and I met her that day. Mm -hmm. And I knew about her because she's just, you know, hailed by Southern Illinois and mm -hmm. 
properly so, but um, that's when that's when I first met her, and it was just absolutely hilarious. Her in the vocal booth, and my buddy Benji and I just like dancing and playing guitar. So you know, that's a uh, yeah. And then from there, it's we were constantly around each other, and you know, I opened up for a couple times with my rockabilly group. Um, what was your rockabilly group? That was. Uh, one of two, the Holden, Co- uh, the Holden Quartet. Yeah, yeah, I remember Holden Quartet. Yeah, we released yeah. our uh, album just right up there yeah, a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so um, that was that was the kind of one of those groups where I was, you know, in charge of things. Probably one of two, but because oh, your name was at the front. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's only up front because it had to be. It was, like there were so many. It's at one. It's at some point we're just gonna call it the laziest thing that it could be, and that's my name and as many members as there were at the time. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Jenny was you know friend, professor, bandmate, all those things, and I think we did a pretty good job of keeping them those things in their lanes and not like you know cracking band jokes in the middle of you know audio class or yeah. whatever. Well, I mean, and that's I mean that's. I think that shows a, a pretty significant amount of, of consummate respect, right? The, yeah. The, and and that that mindset and that that type of interaction and the differentiation between what is work, what is play, what is you know education that that is going to lend itself to your credibility among your peers as you grow, yeah. As you ascend to whatever, you know one bedroom apartment in downtown Nashville you ascend yeah. to for $3,000 a month or whatever. It yeah. Is. What, what, what is What's, what's the net? I mean, have, are you just kind of going in blind or have you done some pretty significant research into like where to land in Nashville as you, I, there's, there's some, definitely some roads I would like to go down. Um, I would, I would like to be able to, you know, play Broadway um, just because, you know, it's, fairly easy thing to be able to do you know especially playing the instrument that i do and i was supposed to play a couple weeks ago but that got you know just pushed back because you know so many so many yeah so many things going on but um (laughs) i have i kind of have one thing lined up and it seems like it's uh it's gonna at least be able to pay the bills for a minute and you know i like talking about this remote work that i started over quarantine i mean that's my quarantine was, you know, fairly productive in terms of what I was doing and all, you know, reaching out to people, people reaching out to me and doing yeah. work. And I mean, hell, this is partially your fault, too. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't remember or have a clue how to even plug in my little M audio thing to begin with. And yeah. And here we are. It's, you, you know, now there's now there's 10 different things that we, <laughs> you know, can run. Yeah. Uh, so you know that the 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 remote stuff carries over just fine, and that's yeah. pretty steady. There's there's things that I got to get to, and um, there's you know there's rehearsals that are needing to be had, and I'm eager to get down there and you know kind of pick up pick up you know physically where I am virtually mm-hmm. down there. And um, you think the network will be a whole different ball game in terms of you know once you're on the ground mm-hmm. what can occur simply by virtue of 
operating in place. You know, is there, uh, as Nashville is known for, you know, just the the best of the best and how many musicians there are, I was warned by a re- respectable guitar player um, that right now it's kind of like the Wild West. And I think he said that right now there's more work than there are musicians. So that's... Um, so that's more work than there is musicians, you know, how much of that is really true. I don't know, but you know, it's, he's, he's doing okay. And, um, and he's kind of been, you know, helping me kind of lock some things in and it seems like, uh, seems like a decent time to make the jump. You know, you know, I was supposed to go like a year ago. Oh, was that the, was that the plan? But you know, with the pandemic and all around August, there was just so many, so many different questions like where what route is this thing gonna go and it wasn't positive (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't didn't end up too well and it seems right now in this date and as good as it's gonna get better get it while the getting's good enough (laughs) yeah it's uh the that's a whole nother layer of anxiety because i i mean this whole time i've been freaked out by the whole thing i I don't want it. I don't want to get it. I didn't get it. It sucks. Yeah. I, you you we, can attest that it, it's not, not pleasant. Uh, I, we were so close. So close. Yeah. One month out from a vaccine. And, you know, it, I, you know I, can't, I can't sit here. But work is work, right? Like, we know exactly where, where it came from uh, in terms of what uh, – um, you know, my wife catching it at work and, and, and the rest of the family yeah. getting it and, and all that. And, you know, the, uh, it's like, it, it's no, like, there's no reason for us to be still dancing this dance. Yeah. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like if, uh, if people like live music and the, I, you know, there's more than, there, there's just so many people that had it worse. I, I, yeah. I have no room to complain. Yeah. Like I, I got by all right. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was challenging, but you know, like I said, I, I had work to do. There's, I had plenty of time to practice and kind of woodshed my playing and you made it all look real good, man. Like yeah, the, 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 I didn't really show the ugly side of it all. No, no. Uh, I mean, you you made like every everything that came out with your face on. I mean, I you know I remember some of the early stuff that you did for us, mm-hmm. right? Like and and putting that, uh, you know, putting that out there, you know, home recordings and whatnot, and just kind of keeping the pace with it. And you know, it there there will be kind of a division of of rights down the line too between you know, the people who can perform and perform across vehicles, whether to an in-person audience or a digital audience and, and maintain that feel. And Mm -hmm. there will be those that are left behind because they just didn't pick that up in the midst of it. And that's Mm -hmm. almost going to be like a, a demand now from here on out is you better be able to put it online in person and online. I tried to, um, I mean, your example of like anyone that people were aware that I was kind of on the smarter side of, you know, the tech, the tech required to make sucker. 
you know, <laughs> you know, make things happen in a pandemic world. So yeah. I was, I was very open and like trying to encourage people like this is, this is the cable that you need to plug in. This is the device that you need. This yeah. is, I do this, but you can probably use an iPhone just fine. Yeah. On behalf of all of those people, thank you. Because <laughs> I mean, seriously, if it wasn't for people like you, like Mike, like Blake, like any number of folks that have been out there and like and have, and have put their hands in some mm -hmm. sort of way on the the broader array of folks out there that that needed the help, like if it wasn't for you guys and and the work that y'all do, you know. We would all been there. Would have been there. Would have been music. We just made it look a little bit better. Yeah, there that's, you go. That's, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's not much more than. Uh, uh, but a little bit better goes a long way when you really need that feeling. Yeah, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking at our faces for a year. Yeah. yeah. It's it's we can at least make it high def. Yeah. How many uh, how many of the uh, of the closed mic nights did you do? Did you do all of them? I, no, I didn't do. I, oh man, I couldn't do all of them, yeah. especially since I. I decided, like, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe three, like, right after we released that Holding Quartet uh -huh. thing up there, I was like, front man, not my thing, don't care for it. Yeah. I really don't ever want to sing um, as, like, you a just professional want to help be the guy thing. That adds that last bit of pop. I like being in. I like being in the band. Yeah. Like, I like being in the background. I'll sing harmonies or whatever, but that's. I don't like being up front, so <laughs> I only had, you know, 10 songs that I could power through to make videos, and uh -huh. the only reason I I wouldn't have done them if it wasn't for, for people you know, you about no, be like, hey, for, man, for a general good, help. <laughs> for a good cause, like, yeah. uh, started with Trace, then it went to PKs, then it started going to food pantries, Varsity, the, you know, all these different things, yeah. and I'm a musician, and I could help someone make the decision to donate just by singing a two-minute song. It's really hard for me to say no to that. Yeah. The cooler aspect of it was being able to play steel along with other folks and like crop videos together, make a band that never would have happened. Yeah. So they're like, there's these hybrid bands of like, you know whistle pigs or like the giant city slickers with uh -huh. you know the just all these combinations of people horns players background vocalists that just would have not been a thing in person if it's a thing in a video and yeah. it's going to continually help people over the pandemic so that was that was where i thought that the coolest side of it was and you know there's this there's an excitement to see what combinations are. I knew that Nate was working on something really cool with um, Josh Morrison or something. Uh -huh. And it was, I was excited to see things every Tuesday. And, you know, the algorithm kind of fought us near the end just because things open up, things shut down. There's, our page got too many likes, too, you know. Well, I know you guys, at some point in time, it was there, you know, the, the number of, shares of videos in rapid succession along the hashtag as well got you guys like flagged as spam at some point i thought our i thought at one point the page was shut down because they thought we were robots that yeah yeah i mean i, th and I that's, think when you and why i you know i, I figured this or I, I had a similar experience some point in time at a, um the it was it was all of the live videos of 
uh, George Floyd protests that mm-hmm. were being shared to the WTF Carbondale group. And because of these videos and their and their similarity to other types of rallies that mm-hmm. Facebook was flagging at the at the time, uh, it flagged the group as if it was disseminating misinformation and oh. doing some other things. So like, I, just cause it's popping. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, and I don't know what the, you know, what, you know, exactly what you guys went through, but I mean, it's just, it's there, there's, there's different levels of this stuff, but it's all, it's all happening. Yeah, even it's, though it's, it's like real people on the back end of it. It's like, I, it's, it's weird how certain things work on, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I know my stuff about kind of tech for them, you know, a little bit, but like as, far as social media goes like i'm just generally out of the loop but it's it's hard for me to understand like it's a it's a group that's doing good and why can't the algorithm like not can can we please not have this slow down because it's doing good it's like uh like CPR videos on YouTube will have an advertisement in front of it uh-huh. and that seems really messed up to me <laughs> Like the same kind of wow. twisted. Wow. Yeah. That's the next Black Mirror episode. <laughs> I was yeah. I was unprepared for this level of revelation. Yeah. During so, this conversation, Dakota. Watch him now. If you if you're if you're putting off watching that, watch him now. Watch it now before so it's too before late. Before you have to watch, you know, another. 15 seconds fit, of 30 seconds choker of wix.com yeah. order the choker yeah now yeah here's a 30 second ad in front of this two minute video to show you how to op- perform CPR. yeah grammarly wow. this cute advertisement with bright colors and ukuleles <laughs> you i'm trying to cynic- save you someone gotta, you got like a, a particular special kind of cynicism do I <laughs> on the back end? I don't know. I'm just I'm like I'm I'm trying to track that down where that comes from from the from the you know the old school like you know seeing the world through kind of a, a performative lens because you've got this movie back you know interest it's, background. It's, that's the uh, twister talking. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no. Well, we where, were talking. Go ahead. Sorry. Where were we? We're wherever we want to be, yeah. man. That's the that's the podcast. That's what this is. Sometimes it's like it. it well, we it's no longer. On. It's no longer chronological. No, we know that. No, no, no. We've thrown a stick of dynamite into yeah. it with fuse, and it's done. Yeah. Gone off. Um. But no, you were you were talking about uh, kind of being plugged into uh, some of the 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 lorish bands of of Carbondale from you know, the, the late nineties and mid two thousands and all that. And, and yeah, you know, we just talked a little bit about, uh, you know, that have an influence on, on you, um, just being able to play with that caliber of folks mm. and, and just being exposed to the stories of, of, of what brought everybody to the, to the table with their instruments. Yeah. There's, I, I, I joined the people versus Hugh, um, 2017 something like that mm-hmm. so you know it's still not when that. you were like 17 yeah i was four <laughs> um <laughs> thanks yeah. for playing along yeah I, pre- I appreciate you not being like shut up nathan <laughs> no uh and there that was my first link to a very you know very carbondale band very southern illinois band with you know obviously bands prior and bands before those bands and um 
that was my first kind of surrounding where there was plenty of stories and tales and connections of links to people where I'm kind of like making mental notes of like this guy was with them but like there's some beef over here or there's this <laughs> weird story from this venue yeah uh, I mean no, nothing nothing too harsh no. but you know that's uh um not everybody's gonna get along all the time and that just is what it is yeah it's <laughs> it's more of the it's more of the the humorous tales that you know stick around you but there is yeah. definitely this feeling that there was there was a lot of cool things that happened and I don't know I don't know if it was necessarily not there, you know, the I I guess what I what I'm I don't ever hear from the musicians side is that Carbondale used to be the used to be thing. Mm -hmm. I I really don't hear that from people that are obviously out making stuff yeah because it's, it's still happening i get i get sick and tired of people telling me well it's it's not like the old days because that was cooler and that was better man that pisses me off that's uh, right that, let, that, let that grumpy old man out dakota yeah <laughs> it's like i'm obviously here going to school for to do cool things yeah. and i'm doing a cool thing right now with awesome people that yeah. have let me join their band yeah. and you're some random guy that is explaining trying to explain to me that it's it's, it's different it's dead it's just it's different. not true yeah you know i was talking to i was talking to Henri on the last podcast and we're talking about shooting a video for Cortland in here but i mean it's it's all over the place right like the the difference now is like the type of experience that can be had mm -hmm. around performance and utilizing a space as just a fluid performance space that, you know, the sidewalk is just as much a stage as the band shell. Yeah. Right. Like, sorry that it's not eight different bands at eight different bars and people mm -hmm. flooding the streets and this, that, the other. Right. But that doesn't mean that the work that, artists are putting in and the quality of work and like the scene man like yeah. guess what it's, it's like it's I'd, fine i had you know i really don't care that you're high off your ass in the 80s and that band was cool then and it's not what it is now yeah i'd i'd no i've always respect the music that happened but you know you gotta you always if if you're complaining, you're not you're just not making the right moves or going to the right places because yeah. there's there's plenty of music that's happening and I'm, and it's I've, fine and it's fine to acknowledge that it's that it's not at the same volume no that it once was because that, that that that's a fair critique hey you know yeah. there aren't as many people doing as you know a, as wide a variety of things that's fine we can say there are fewer people in place no yeah but that doesn't say oh, this diminishes the quality because the quality of what still stands is impeccable. Exactly. <laughs> you could say that more people are able to listen even, you know. Yeah. That's... Well, like I was and now, you know, that's that's sorry. the thing about, like, joining all these bands is that, that, that they never really had that... No one that I play music with has that attitude, and I'm thankful for that because, you, you know, if they did, they just wouldn't get those gigs anymore <laughs> now I'm, the hue band was 
really cool and eye-opening because you know this is the first thing that I was really nervous for because to me the learning a Woodbox Gang song is like kind of sacred in a way yeah. where it's like I don't I don't know if I could do it like they do it and, yeah or you know that's that's a dope where I play a pedal so I hope everyone's okay with that and <laughs> of course everyone was just you know happy that there was a layer there that was interesting and you know every, the as rough as I was at the beginning, the the amount of you know people understanding and uh, accepting the the position that I was that this was you know a large mountain to climb. They were all in and all supportive of you know me bringing out the steel way too early. You know I I should it the the rule the year the year changes but the rule is it takes five years to suck mm -hmm. at the pedal steel so i can't wait till i can't wait till i suck at it <laughs> how, how many more years do you have to go again say that one more time or had you had you said i that? have been playing pedal steel for like four years now i think four so you started when you were like eight and a half. Eight and a half and nine. <laughs> God, I'm just going to keep beating this awful joke into the ground until the end of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what my, you know, my, I'm 50 now, so. <laughs> you know, do the math. <laughs> no, I, I've been at it for four years, and I, I believe that's, I, I've owned it longer than that, but I've only been digging into it for four years, and. I had a good teacher, Danny Weaver, and uh, he's in he's in Cobden. Is has some stories. He has a legendary pedal steel, and that's the one that I kind of. That's my. That's the first time hearing pedal steel out of an amplifier, and mm -hmm. was him, and he's just shown me so much over the you know the course of this whole time. And what makes his pedal steel? Legendary. He like, what's the thing? has a pedal steel that was once owned by Ralph Mooney, who's a um, pedal steel legend, a songwriting legend. He, who's the one that wrote Crazy Arms mm -hmm. for Ray Price. Not for Ray Price, but he just, Ray Price made a cut of it. And uh, then he went on to play pedal steel for Wailing Jennings. And, nice. Um, so the, his pedal steel is the one that has like, the rainy day women recording on it. I know that's for sure. I know that that's the one that was on that record. But yeah, very legendary instrument, and it's a showbud into two big PV amplifiers, and that's that's the sound of steel guitar to me is Danny. And it's, what a good example to have, you know. Or to argue about on a forum. Yeah. Well, that 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 PV on the left doesn't have the special chip that makes it sound warmer, and the right one. Oh, it's a and lot. This is why I can't do music stuff. Like, I just the the amount of attention that goes into understanding. I just I've never been a capable. Uh, I couldn't read it. I couldn't write it. I can barely hear it. Can never play it. Like, I, yeah. And then there's all these layers of like the the communication of like what this pedal does something special that this other pedal doesn't do. Yeah. And I'm still guilty of that because <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's I like 
I like sharing ideas with people and not like other people throwing down gear because it's cheap or whatever. But like gear is its own industry. Almost gear is a separate industry than the music industry. Really? I don't know. There's so many companies, Sweetwater, Guitar Center, musicians, whatever. They're just constantly making stuff that just looks to modulate or modify or whatever the next sound just whatever for whatever a new sound is. whatever's in the guitar magazine that's that's the game changer and then it's the next magazine that's a game changer <laughs> this company has made you know this pedal that's one thousand dollars but man it just has it just has that bite to it all the acronyms and the analogies and you know it's clon centaur and all these legendary old pedals that well, people are bickering like it about it's just the same into this guitar has that sound or this i don't know yeah. i just again i don't know music, I, I, so I, the, it, I tell you, you know what i'm getting at the 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 mojo and the i i i i was really into that stuff when I was younger, because it like guitar, young amps, gear. That's all. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a fun way to dig yourself into a hole. But I got <laughs> over it for a while, and then I'm like into it. I was really into it, like in the beginning of quarantine, because it gave me something to do. But I, I, I think that the one thing that I really like in terms of like belief and like mojo on stuff is people around here and their instruments and why they like their thing and sharing why they like you know there's uh kelly sims who passed away his d18 is just the best guitar that there ever is it's a you know i think it's like a 64 something or other the 64 d18 martin and it's just it plays so good and you can look at all the different things on it and wonder how it got the way that it was that it is or um my biggest probably my biggest guitar hero is andrew staff because oh dude yeah that so i grew up like there there's there's the staffs have one neighbor yeah on that road and that was me yeah so like i like i've grown up knowing the whole staffarino (laughs) Yeah, Andrew is Andrew's just an absolute beast, and that that Jazzmaster's his is like the perfect sounding electric guitar, because that's Swamp Tiger's my favorite band all yeah. time. I can I can comfortably say that, but that Jazzmaster plugged into like a overdrive and a slapback into what a Fender whatever. It's just that's the sound that I grew up right in that prime time of like learning the that nick cave song and Mm -hmm. stuff and watching him play and even though it's you know he's doing all the work i've that guitar is so legendary to me but can what i what i what i never quite comprehended is like if there's a particular year that has you know this that the other attribute is that not replicable like sure yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you can, they have lasers and stuff that can scan every bit of everything. Could be used to repair something. It could be used to replicate something. But the, the you know, 
fact is is that you know that's that's Robbie Stratocaster. Uh-huh. You know, that is his instrument. That's what he's strutting on, and that's why it's cool. It's because it's his. I, I, you know, I'm not a photographer, and I'm really not a video dude at any point. But I really like the idea of like doing some sort of photo work here with people with their associated instrument. Yeah. Like it just just Carbondale or Southern Illinois folks. I thought that'd be really cool to you know. If you're out there, do it. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. What? What? Anybody. Bring whatever you th- feel is is the extension of your brain. Whatever notes you feel like your brain makes, bring that instrument that does that for you. That was a that was a really good use of the breakaway to the camera. I want to applaud you for that. Oh, that high quality breakaway. Right there. Right uh, into the people's eyes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, I, I always I always appreciate a good uh, you know, I, and it, it's some some of these conversations I've had I've I've teed somebody up ahead of time and like all right you know we're we're having the news conversation where we're looking past the cameras at each other mm-hmm. but if you have to say something serious do the breakaway to the yeah. camera and da, 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 da. yeah we didn't have that conversation no it was just meant to be yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you're a Carbondale kid through and through too yeah uh i was i was born in carbondale i lived in anna when i was super young but just kind of moved right back up here when uh, yeah unity point cchs siu the carbondale shuffle yeah <laughs> good man. now that uh carbondale man i couldn't be i couldn't be any luckier to to grow up here it's it just had all the right components to to excite me this entire time yeah you know and it's it's you know whether whether you're somebody that's from here or you're somebody that's just like you know, like growing up here right people that are that are here for a short period of time you know two three years even right they you know come in sophomore year their parents are here for whatever they hit senior year mm-hmm. they're out of here after that right they there's a chunk of this place that goes with them just the same as mm-hmm. the folks like you and me that are you know just a break off of the rocks that were already here and i i will say that most of the people that grew up here before college that you kind of stayed here did a i think that i tried to show a lot of people my age like if you want to see something real cool like let's head over here yeah right now because you're going to see something you're going to see you're going to see tall paul yeah i don't know if you've heard of him or not but he's the shit and you better burn (laughs) this into your brain because this is like as carbondale as it gets yeah and i i think that i think that a lot of us that were here and siu people and we did we were constantly trying to bring people to super rare events or meet yeah. people that probably would have not been on the radar if you were just campus you know SIU housing and I go to Walmart and I go back to my dorm yeah yeah <laughs> you know or you know there's a lot of folks did the like the college club thing which is fine I it wasn't my thing obviously because I would much rather go to a place with instruments or you know yeah. live, live music but that's 
all it takes is a little bit of a nudge to to show someone something cool and that. Was there any real like active music RSOs on campus or anything? There's like that? some. Oh. I was uh, I was a mostly par- dubstep. No, I'm just kidding. nah. There's <laughs> there's a group called Musicians United that is. I, I was never a part of it, but I was always kind of working around them. There's a group of people that swap members or form different combinations of bands to play or learn like three songs and yeah. then play them at hangar and that's cool i was a part of a group called digidog which oh, yeah, is yeah 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 i was and all the titles were kind of messed up but i was president for like two years <laughs> and we did rather than like putting out records or make singles for folks we kind of just took on bigger projects mm-hmm. and um what was your favorite project over the past several years that like from a from a not not from like a band project standpoint but I, from a, I've got an answer uh, okay cool I'll my <laughs> the, the fall semester of my senior year at SIU I turned masscom into a guided audio tour mm-hmm it was called it was called Rachel, and the re, the reason why the name was is that that was just the name of the the robot voice that guided you, uh-huh. and we couldn't think of anything better because it's not guided audio walk just didn't ring too well. Yeah, but it was a project assigned by Jenny Jenny Pape, and it was make a a sound walk, which is you know put in your earbuds or sound that go with your space, and it's kind of an interaction of the uh-huh. two. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a group of like 20 people in a class. I was like, how can that be, how can that be like intimate or, you know, like cool on a level where it's, it's, you're still surrounded like your buddy from over here. So I wanted to split them up. So I was like, what if I make three? I'm, I'm always trying to do way more than what's required because I think projects are fun. It's like, well, what if, what if th- those three groups started, what if it was all connected? Mm-hmm. What if they started hunting each other? So I made this, I made this advanced, like I made a plot of a map and made these dots kind of animated these dots in a way where one would chase each other and one would like hide from the other in a certain way. And it's all instructions. So I made this, synchronized audio walk thing where you were a part of a test and in order to pass a test you must hunt down one group but there's another group hunting you in this process so i made but this all you're doing is following the audio instructions exactly so, so what like is that a pre is that not a predetermined like destination then i was a story that i wrote out okay, okay so i sense. took i took my phone and i walked i did a single walk through masscom and i was able to see like I was able to see the path that I just took mm-hmm. and then I would walk a different one and record that too. And so I'd have two phones kind of watching what the, the previous group did and what the next group is doing. Then you combine them together and you can do it one last time. And they have this thing where I can see all three of the videos at the same time yeah. and type out these instructions through this automated voice, Rachel, and pinpoint you must pass this pipe on the right in three, two, 
one. So it kept their pace. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just a fun, insane project that I spent way too many hours on. Lost I was I, I slept I slept in Masscom for <laughs> it was eighteen hours in one day. Like just mad scientists staring at a screen red-eyed but it was just so much fun to put together and jenny reminded me to eat and are you sleep. talking about like from concept to finished product no 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 it okay. i mean i i don't want to figure out the amount of hours that i put into but uh, at a certain point it's like i have to sleep for at least two days before i can go back in there but i would walk around even before the process really started to define itself i would walk around and play horror soundtracks like not the cute dee doo doo dee doo doo dee doo kind of 80s ones there's no cute horror sounds in my book i well the you know the the classic theme song kind of stuff (laughs) like the exorcist or whatever still terrifying twister anaconda no um (laughs) no there's a callback yeah that was good i would play like real eerie droney things that Uh had random hits in it in the basement at like 2 a.m and just get a feel for like what things kind of hit me, like what what stood out. And there's that one point where I was walking in the basement, super low lights, and I felt like I feel like there's someone following me. And then the the music hit, and I was like, oh Jesus, that's frightening. And I turned around just to see what it would be like in the example, and there's a janitor right behind me. I was like, nearly had a heart attack. Yeah. And I was like, ah, this is this is the feeling that I want because yeah. if. If you're going through the this this walk and you you're told in the ears don't look behind you there's a group some people follow the instructions like okay I won't look behind but if you were to look behind you there would be someone walking right behind you ready to you know do what they're assigned to and that's to hunt you down so that 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 was that was my biggest non-musical project that I did at MassCom, I'm super proud of it. There's yeah. a YouTube video on my channel where I explain how it works, and there's video clips of people doing it and the event that we had. Is uh, how many subscribers do you have on your YouTube channel? I just want to determine how. Not many. a whole lot. <laughs> uh, I, the biggest hit is me, you know, me playing a steel guitar or demoing an nice. amplifier or something. Dude, it's it's crazy how difficult it is to get people to to subscribe to a YouTube channel. It's so easy. It's so easy to, you want to see more stuff, just hit that red button <laughs> and ding the bell for notifications. Yeah. Smash that yeah, like and subscribe sma- button, yeah, smash. I don't even do, I don't even bother to ask. I don't even bother to ask. I'm just like, if if the content's going to stand on its own, it's going to stand on its own. It wasn't until like, I don't know, maybe episode, like in the 70s, like maybe 71, 72, that I was like, I'll finally start putting links to, okay, here's the one line description of the podcast. Here's the link to the, you know, audio versions. Here's the link to the YouTube. Like I'm not even going like that far out of my way to say it. I'm just like, here's the easy to share YouTube versions. Here's the audio versions after this premiere, if that's what you want. Other than that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, here's, we were talking about this earlier. We were talking about the, the right tone of voice for, for media. That's just, getting a start yeah. like any any base project a lot of people think super way too big yeah. as soon as i start it's got to be 
massive. Like there's no yeah. dude, it takes you just have to Yeah, you if you if you did, it. I mean, you it's it's never going to hurt if you have the links and things, but if if you're if your voice isn't talking to Carbondale people or Southern Illinois people, yeah. you're going to say you're going to say the wrong thing. Like you're we're clearly talking with people from this area. Yeah. If we if we use language that or links or trying and show things in a global scale it just won't it just won't hit right because yeah. that's that's not what's there i've there's so many projects that i've started at siu or help guide people where as soon as they want to make a podcast or something you immediately have to dial it back and think micro you know just just yeah. think of it and super small scale yeah. because that's the people that will actually listen and interact with it. Cause you can't, your Instagram page doesn't mean that you're just because you have an Instagram doesn't mean that it's going to be, Oh my gosh, I've got a podcast. Now it's not going to blow just up. I have 10,000 yeah. followers on Instagram. Doesn't translate to hell. It doesn't translate to a hundred listens on a podcast. Yeah. Or if you're, <laughs> if you know, if you're streaming a, uh, if you're streaming music or streaming a game or whatever, yeah. and you're talking to talk some to the vague, audience that's in front of you. Yeah. Talk to the audience. That, talk to it's your it's your buds. You know, yeah. it's people that want to support you. Talk to them like you would if they came out to a show. Yeah, that. Thank you for that. I, like I, I needed that that idea. I mean, I I, I'm, it, I don't think you I don't think you've fallen for the for no, that. But no, it's no, I know. I it's just general but good it, advice. But it helps to know it helps to know what the work is behind the answer. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and you know, I'm, this is what 77 episodes in now on top of, you know, five years of just the, the broader social media platform leading into a website launch and some other things that, that build out the entirety of the brand. And it's like understanding that, well, what is, what is the core component of this? The core, the core thing that makes this valuable is I don't want to speak to anybody that's not already the predetermined audience. Mm -hmm. Right. And at some point in time, if the audience is going to grow to people who aren't the predetermined audience, mm -hmm. then it's going to be the, the outside audience gravitating towards what's created in the bubble Mm -hmm. Not trying to create something physically within the bubble, but that's supposed to purposely reach outside of that. It's like no, yeah, you know, create the create the the activity internally, and then if people want a glimpse of it from the outside in, if it's good, mm -hmm. they just will. No, do whatever whatever you're making it has as long as it's genuine and you're yeah. sharing it in a genuine way, people will like it. It's it's or it's. If it's bad, people won't. But you know, <laughs> if you if you really feel like you have a something cool to share, if you yeah. share it honestly, then you can't immediately, you know, release an album and say worldwide debut kind of, because <laughs> that's not the folks that are wanting to buy it. You know, it always helps when the you you'll you can promote it in ways that's efficient and mm -hmm. can probably get more likes and follows but it's like who's who do you really want to enrich with this like do you yeah. just want to pick up one random person in you know somewhere in in canada that will not have anybody mm. around them that they can you know really share this with in a way where you know there's there's this earnest connection or do you want this to grow within 
you know, a tighter knit group of people in a particular physical space, in our case, Southern Illinois. Yeah, you were, you, we were talking about, you know, I was asking about like the, this, how the YouTube page is going and it's, you know, smallish numbers. But if you think about like, that's 15 people watching a videos. Yeah. Are 15 real people. Yeah, the, those are people that care and yeah. want to tune in. Like yeah. those, those are the most important 15 people that you could have well that's that's why i always looked at any of these streaming shows right that it was like if there was a number you know you know okay cool we got 60 people you know that viewed the youtube and a couple hundred that viewed the the facebook video over the course of time it's like that's you know of of those several hundred views there are probably a good 70 to 100 earnest like real bought-in views in the midst of that which is translating to a physical show a heck of a crowd. Yeah. There's, <laughs> you know, um, we did a, the people versus Hugh did a thing yeah, here yeah. over the, for the general, the general amalgamation of people versus Hugh to Neil. Yeah. The, the, the you know, some people versus Hugh to Neil. <laughs> and there was, I, I don't, I don't really remember the numbers that we had, but I was thinking about like that. It's out. We, you know, that yeah, many people can't fit our, in yeah. PKs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, yeah, like a like a full, yeah, yep, that's what it feels like. Yeah, I I think that I wouldn't want the world to ever be the way that it just was, but it, there's certain things where I, people were still able to see each other in a digital form. And there's there was music and evaluation of people hearing themselves in a way that made everyone self-produce themselves and which was always going to be beneficial yeah i i feel like i feel like this area took advantage of the yes. opportunity and, and i'm and I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of places that did not and something that will continue to set us apart mm -hmm. is that we that we acted on it yeah that there was that, that there was just dozens and dozens of people that acted on it yeah right it didn't just sit around and go oh woe is me what do i do right and then that and how it kind of spread out into a broader network of folks that everybody in southern illinois is plugged into beyond just our own immediate backyards here and yeah people kind of gravitated towards it and played along and yeah it's like we're we're raising money for Cristados because they're they're helping feeding people. Yep. You guys want to record a song? And most of the time, people say yeah, yeah because <laughs> what else are we gonna do? We're we can. There's uh, I, everyone everyone got to hear themselves. Everyone got to give their own critiques to themselves and kind of everyone was a producer yeah. in quarantine. You know, everyone that was um, at least music or art could record themselves and see, Oh, that's, that's what I look like. That's what I sound like. <laughs> Maybe let's do it again. Right. Rather than keep that first take. Yeah. It well, was good. I'll tell you what, man, I think we're gonna keep this first take for episode 77 of the WTF Carbondale podcast to go to Holden, his uh, send off to no, you know what? No, 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 no. That was a good breakaway. But your party Sunday night across the board. Did you have fun? Oh, it was great. 
Yeah, we didn't. We, we didn't even get a taste. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, yeah. Sunday. How was, how was your How was your Sunday? It it was uh, it was kind of iffy at first, just because of the weather. But all we had to do is delay it about fifteen minutes or so, and from there, Magnetones, the People versus Hugh Daniel and Miss Jenny and the Howdy Boys. We all played a set. It was it was great. It was packed. So many people were so generous, and you know. I'd, I I couldn't thank them enough for all that they've given because, I mean, I would I would I couldn't I couldn't do what I do if they weren't there. Yeah. So all the all the I could recognize almost all those people and I'd have a connection with them. It's or just looking at the camera like and I was like we we are. we played a picking party three years ago <laughs> and I could not appreciate it anymore because uh. yeah all the all the all those folks were supportive. It was. A, big great party there was cutouts of myself and <laughs> it's funny uh we were I, I talked with uh, a couple of people about it everyone was taking more pictures with the cutout than with they me because it, it's kind of nice though i, I, Cause you I i'm not complaining yeah was, there, I, I knew i'd be like tuning or like setting up a pedal steel uh -huh. or breaking down a guitar or something but at least there's that guy <laughs> who's standing there next to the cupcakes and stuff like that yeah it was it was a great time uh trace was super cool they they squeezed as many people as they could outside and you know we i we we wanted a, a safe event where you know we we could be outdoors and yeah. still party and enjoy ourselves and yeah I'm, I'm glad we fit it in and tonight is my last uh open mic tuesday for a good for a good while so we'll uh we'll see how tonight goes and that's where we can do the breakaway yeah we fit it in episode 77 of the wtf carbondale podcast have a good one folks whatever that one maybe